So uh, we've been uh, talking about these teachings and, you know, uh, the way these doctrines exist in this world, right? And how uh, careful we all need to be in terms of uh, the teachings that we follow. And uh, we it's our responsibility to be able to discern uh, and differentiate between what is the truth versus what is that kind of teaching which can mislead us taking us away from the truth so today what we we have been you know going into these series of tribulations and greater tribulations right like last week we saw that uh, who will participate in these tribulations and greater tribulations this week what we are going to see is what kind of teachings will send us into tribulations and greater tribulations that is when i'm listening to a specific teaching and if that teaching is coming with a human mind and a human understanding, that kind of teaching will not help me to really solve a problem in my life. Those teachings which are not coming from the Spirit of the Lord will definitely give me the word, but that does not enable me to fight against the situations or it won't help me or teach me how to depend on God during situations, right? Whereas when the teachings are coming from the spirit of the Lord, the intent though for which the Lord sends the word to each one of us is to help us identify the main root of the problem and pull that problem with the root, so when, when a teaching is coming to us, the way we have to discern with the teachings that are coming to us is to see if this teaching is actually emotionally driving me towards connecting to the word of God or is this teaching really strengthening my spirit to stand and face the problem and wait upon the Lord to come and take up the battle. Right. So when God takes the battle, when God is handling my life, when I'm depending on God, I won't be worried anymore. I won't have anxiety. I will, I will have probably a situation where I should be broken down. But then God will give me that strength to stand strong and face the situation. He'll keep reminding me that he is with me and he's not forsaken me. He keeps telling me to stand for the truth. He keeps encouraging me. He keeps motivating me. The, all this doesn't come from a human being. It comes directly from the word of God. And that is exactly what we need to verify and see what are we actually being taught. So today's message, the title for today's uh, message will be Teachings that Lead to Tribulations or Greater Tribulations. Teachings that lead to tribulations or greater tribulations. Tribulations and greater tribulations will come after the rapture. So if we are in the right teaching, if we are doing that which the Lord is teaching us and not what man is teaching, that means we will have that unperishable kingdom in our lives because of which we will enter the rapture and we won't participate in tribulations and greater tribulations. However, today what we will check is what kind of teachings are we really in? We will The way we will have to keep validating with every single 
verse that we read today is to check what I am learning versus what kind of teaching that God is speaking today. Is, is, there a, is there a comparison with that in my life? And then we will be able to identify, okay, I'm in the right way. I'm not behaving like the way these teachings are talking to me. Hence, I will be in the rapture is a confidence with which we will leave today. All right, let's validate this today. So let's read Matthew 23rd chapter, one to four verses. Matthew 23, one to four. Yeah. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands that never lift a finger to ease the burden. Please, let's read the fourth, third and fourth verse once again, Debbie. Uh, Kenny okay. just joined. So for the people who joined uh, late, um, the title for today's message is Teachings Leading to Tribulations and Greater Tribulations. What we are actually going to see is what kind of teachings will lead us into tribulations or greater tribulations? What teachings are we in and what kind of confidence we will gain today to say that, okay, we will be in rapture, right? Let's validate this and go and go, go back home today. Yeah, third, 23, right? Matthew 23, first four verses. Can you please read once again, Debbie? Okay. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. The teaching that we get, like for example, if I'm saying that I've been here to this word since last five or six years, this word that is being teaching, that is being taught to me, it I, I'm the one who needs to verify and say, yeah, they actually taught me to lift myself up when I was broken down, this word actually gave me strength. The word helped me to discern between the right and wrong. The word helped help me to identify the problems inside me, the sin in me, the weaknesses in me. And this word helped me to come out of it. This is the validation that I have to have. If you see the fourth verse, it says, they crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. That means they wouldn't enable people. The teachings, whatever is a teaching that is coming to us, whatever we are listening, it should actually enable people. Each and every person, when we say, when we have this fellowship, we are good. When we are talking to one another, we are good. But when we go off and when we are standing alone in our personal lives and when we face situations in our personal lives, at that point of time, whatever we have learned today, we should be able to apply there. So the way the word has to be taught is, you know, to get the strength from that word 
knowledge and wisdom from that world to go and use it in our day-to-day -day life. It's not about having a very good blessing verse and claiming it. No, it's not about saying, yes, I believe in the Lord. It's about tasting how it is when you believe the Lord, right? That is what God is saying. Don't look at people who do not stand with an example and behave like them because word of God is not theory. It is practical. When God is saying in 2 Chronicles 20, 17, you stand still and wait upon the Lord to come and battle for you, he means you don't get worried. When a situation comes, stand still and say, Lord, help me. Take control of this situation. Help me to identify where I have sinned against you. What are the problems and weaknesses in me that are causing these problems? This is the way we'll start thinking rather than getting worried about the problem. We won't focus on the problem, but rather we will focus on God in identifying our mistakes, right? That is what God is saying. The teachings that you are learning should actually lift you up, should pull the burden from you. It should take away the heaviness of your heart. That's the right teaching. And when you do that, you will have peace. You will have joy and happiness even during the situation in our life. You will recoup from any kind of situation which is actually pulling you down. There will be freshness and there will be hope in us. You remember Romans 5th chapter, 3rd, 4th and 5th verses that we read. That is exactly how our, our, the teachings that we get should be. Let's read Romans 5th chapter. Third and fourth verses. Romans 5, mm -hmm. 3 and 4. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Mm. Fifth verse. And five. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. That, that love of God should be introduced to each one of us in the teachings. Love is not just saying God loves me. Love is where he says, get up, stand up, learn to accept my discipline. When I rebuke you, you receive it. Stop being in your own understanding. Come out of your understanding. This is God's love. So the teachings that we are learning, that we are listening to, we need to validate. What are they doing to our lives? Are they receiving, are they taking us out of our problems? Or are they pushing us or making us stagnant in the problem that we have? Right? So first, we'll, we'll go through five points today. But the first point will be scoffing about things due to lack of understanding. So if our teachings are not right, we, are, we will end up scoffing at those teachings. We will start, you know, speaking ill or evil about the dignities of the teaching. So let's understand what kind of teachings we should not be in into, right? So the first point is scoffing scoffing about things due to lack of understanding 
Jude, first chapter, eighth verse. First chapter eight. In the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams live immoral lives, defy authority, and scoff at supernatural beings. This is the kind of behavior that none of us should be having. What it means to say is we should never be the people to start searching for mistakes in the teachings that the Holy Spirit is delivering, right? We need to identify and see if the way we are receiving the word, first of all, am I receiving it with my own understanding or am I receiving it with the help of the Holy Spirit God? If it is with the help of Holy Spirit God, you know, the way we start receiving is when someone is speaking, we will immediately stop and start discerning with which spirit they are speaking. For example, I'm speaking today, I'm delivering this word to you. You need to stop at the first place and check Jaya's life. What is this person? How many times have I seen Jaya losing her temper? How many times I have seen Jaya having the qualities that are in Galatians 5th chapter 19th verse, 19, 20, 21 verses. Does Jaya have the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Is, how is her life? Is she having financial problems? Uh, is she having disturbances in the family? Is she actually, you know, really having that fruit in her life that is visible to me? This is how you need to validate me. Without knowing what my life is, don't receive my word. This, this is very important. Only when you have this kind of understanding, that means that's the first step where you're testing my spirit. And when you test that spirit, you will say, oh, yes, she has the fruit of Holy Spirit. She has love, joy, peace, kindness, long-suffering, patience, endurance, and she is an example to me. Hence, the spirit with which she's talking is definitely the spirit of the Lord. Now, let me listen to what she's saying. Okay, Jaya is saying not to scoff at her word. Where is this word coming from? Is, is she telling it from the scriptures? Yeah, she spoke from Jude first chapter 8 verse. So what is this word saying? He, it is saying, who, in the same way, these people who claim authority for their dreams, their lives are immoral lives. Is Jaya's life immoral? Is her life actually showing that she is defying the authority? Has she ever misbehaved with her authority or has she misutilized her authority? Has she been bossy over me? Check for these things in, in me. The way you have to start validating is what I'm saying. You have to see if the person who is actually bringing the word of God, is she humble? Is she being a servant of God? The servant of God will never expect the other people to value them. They wouldn't expect the other person to look at them with a lot of honor. No. Rather, they will, they will be the other side. These people who sit and teach will honor you, will show humbleness all time towards you. They will behave like servants to you.
this is the quality of the teaching that comes from the holy spirit god these people should show them their lives as an example of how the word has worked in their life so the first thing that we all have to understand is one is i showed you how you should receive the teachings second way of you know the the meaning for this is how am i being taught for my own self right when i'm listening to the word i'm understanding the word and how am i behaving am i actually speaking ill about anything am i actually mocking at things which i don't understand completely do i have do i have a lot of questions or am i judging quickly about things for which i don't really understand we should never speak in haste if we don't understand something if we don't know the truth it is always good to be silent because you remember acts 5 chapter 38 39 we might end up fighting against god why do we want to do that when we do not know the truth when we don't know and are not confident about what the other is other person is speaking it's rather better to be silent and staying away from unwanted comments or unwanted statements never judge anybody not only people about, not only spiritual or scriptural references but rather your colleagues your family your friends don't go about passing any comments about anybody if you don't know the entire truth we tend to make a lot of statements very easily about others so be very careful about what we are talking never speak evil about anybody that's not the quality of a person who believes in the lord right the devil has this kind of a character let's read uh, jude फर्स्ट चैप्टर टेंटर्स the devil does not think about consequences it just does things so any person who does not think before speaking any person who does not think before passing a statement any person who is quickly reacting is having that kind of character where it just does they they just simply do the way the devil you know commands them to do when when in this scenario right what we are reading in jude first chapter 8 9 and 10 verses the devil had come to snatch the body of moses when the devil came to snatch the body of moses god sent michael now read 8th verse uh, sorry 9th verse debbie okay But even Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but simply said, "The Lord rebuke you." This took place when Michael was arguing with the devil about Moses' body. Moses was counted to be righteous in the sight of God. Moses did exactly what God had commanded him to do. Then why did the devil come for the body? when when we go away from this world this is what would happen to us as well 
so who has the authority over our lives is what decides where we are going to go after after leaving this earth here moses body was lying down there the devil came to to contest and say moses belongs to me that's when god says mikhail go michael go and fight against that devil and protect the body of moses because moses belongs to me now what did michael do he did not accuse the devil about anything he just came and he rebuked the devil as the lord had commanded the true servant of god and even all of us when we are listening to the truth we do not pass judgments rather we will do what god has instructed us to do we will not point out at anybody but rather mind our own business if somebody is coming to contest or argue with us we will answer and stay silent we won't go about pointing out at others as to what they are following why they are following we won't go and say this is not the truth you are not in the right path no we wouldn't even think about that when i say we won't think i'm talking about all of us who believe in the truth we are the people chosen by god we mind our own business we are focusing on our own weaknesses we are always finding out faults in us as when the word is coming and we are walking towards perfection we should never have the quality of you know going and pointing out fingers at others we should not have the quality of getting offended when a correction or rebuke comes to us because we are counted to be his children his children he will rebuke you remember hebrews 12 chapter 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 verses right because he is our father he will rebuke us because he he loves us he wants us to be happy that is the reason he rebukes us now what was the angel doing as per god's instruction he was coming and stopping the devil from taking away god's property this is exactly what will happen to those who follow god's instruction as it is god will send angels to protect us we may not be able to see but wherever we go because we rely and depend on god and his word we will have this kind of protection we would not know which accidents we are getting saved we will not know what disaster was about to come upon us but it was stopped because we don't we can't see but god is continuously sending angels towards our our lives and our families and our homes to give us protection to all those who seek him diligently now why did the devil come to snatch uh, moses body let's see that exodus second chapter 11 and 12 verses Exodus chapter 2 11 and 12 Many years later when Moses had grown up he went out to visit his own people the Hebrews and he saw how hard they were forced to work During his visit he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. 
this was the reason why devil decided devil judged moses he said oh moses killed a person and it is sin against god so moses is has actually become a sinner so the body is mine the devil gave a logical understanding here but you know what god does god actually weighs in every single action of ours with what intention is this person speaking what is her intention behind this action why did she do this what were the reasons why this person happened to fall into this kind of sin he will weigh in everything and then based upon every single point that he analyzes he gives either a punishment or a forgiveness to our sin that is god when, when that is why you know i keep telling all of you i keep sharing that when we want to quickly pass a statement about someone hold back analyze why that person is behaving in that manner if a person is reacting in in a manner which is hurting you stop think why that person is behaving like that what are the reasons why this person is behaving in this manner is she hurt is this person having some past is there some unwanted circumstance that she is going through is she under pressure is she under stress don't let's not make a statement that she is short tempered or he is short tempered no let's understand why what is happening in that person's life that she is short tempered if you go and touch these people whom we we think they are filled with anger she speaks very harshly they are the most sensitive people they are the ones who are broken their hearts are broken they are hurt deeply that that deep hurt in them in order to cover that up they put a different output the the, the exteriors are different the way they behave is comes out loud but go and touch them speak to them with a little compassion they will break down you will see how much they pain they are carrying god is saying start looking at people with this kind of eyes don't behave like the devil which who saw one action of moses who did not see all the other actions which were counted to be faithful in the sight of god god saw everything and then said okay moses is my child but what did devil see that one wrong thing that moses had done and that was not wrong according to god that wasn't wrong moses was actually condemning people who were unwantedly troubling the fellow israelite people right that is what was wrong in in the sight of god as well and for all you know god must have used moses to kill that egyptian so who was the devil to come and judge about moses that is what i am saying when we do not know completely about a person's life let's not pass a comment even within the families we don't know what our own people in the family are going through if possible sit down and understand understand the root of what is happening to your partners or your family or your you know friends or your colleagues this is the way we can build peace with one another 
this is the kind of behavior that god wants the first point that we saw is unwantedly because of lack of understanding do not speak evil about another person simple this is what god is saying but if a person is behaving like this speaking evil about things that they are not aware of they will straight away enter into tribulation and greater tribulation because that's the character of the devil not the character of god so god is saying stay away this from this kind of character now let's let's recollect what all we we heard in the past not did we not hear about judgments wherein we said that judgments is not that we should be doing it is god's work that he will judge people so we'll refrain from judging others is what we learned now because we learned that we have stopped judging people now we are we are careful about speaking something i'm sure all of us are being extra careful about passing a statement about someone or something that means this teaching that we are listening to is giving us a confirmation yes if i don't judge someone i will be in the rapture i won't be in tribulation and greater tribulation so first point gives gives us a confirmation so we are good on this let's see the second point ways of the false teachers so let's see if we are in these ways the way of a false teaching right what are their ways and how are they deceitful that can lead us into tribulations and greater tribulations the second point is ways of the false teachers jude first chapter 11th verse jude 1 verse 11 what sorrow awaits them for they follow the footsteps of cain who killed his brother like balaam they deceive people for money and like cora they perish in their rebellion yeah let's see what is cain's doctrine now the, the the false teachings that we are seeing right now we will classify into three things we will go through two of them today which is cain's doctrine and balaam's doctrine so first let's go through cain's doctrine let's go to genesis Fourth chapter, one to ten verses. Genesis four, one to ten. Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, "With the Lord's help, I have produced a man." Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd, while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel, Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not stop? accept. Can you stop there, Debbie? So mm-hmm. third verse, let's read the third verse carefully. I really want to explain this because if we continue to read it in plain english we will think okay cain has also given offering abel also has given offering right let's read the third verse carefully when it was time for the harvest cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the lord some of his crops as a gift to the lord what did abel do 
Abel also brought a gift, the best of the first lambs from his flock. The best of the first flock of lambs. That means when Abel, when you read that statement, Abel picked the, the best ones. He said, I have to give the best to my Lord. This is my tithe. This is my offering to the Lord. This is because of the Lord. I want to give this. But what did Cain do? Oh, I have to give Lord something. Let me give it off. A casual attitude versus an attitude with reverence and fear. What kind of heart do we give when we, when we tithe? It's just not tithe. When we sit and listen to the sermon, when we sit and read the Bible, what is the kind of heart with which we are sitting and reading or even listening to the sermon? How much time are we giving on analyzing our own selves? What are my weaknesses? Lord, I have this anger in me. I really want to give this. That means I'm actually wholeheartedly accepting that there is this weakness in me and I want to give it away. I'm not convincing myself. I'm not, I should not have the attitude where I will say, okay, they keep saying give away weaknesses. Lord, I'm giving away my anger. If I give away my anger, you're going to bless me. So that's why I'll give it away. This is not the right attitude. The attitude is where we understand God's heart. We understand what will keep my Lord happy. What does my God desire? A heart of repentance. A heart that accepts their, the sinful ways. We are all sinners. He has come and redeemed us. So this redemption that he has given us, that redemption is the way towards grace. The grace is the period of repentance to keep our salvation safe. During this grace period, we have a way to come out of every single sinful act we have done in our lives. That is what Abel was doing. The difference between the way Cain gave versus Abel had given offerings is Abel gave it wholeheartedly and willingly, whereas Cain gave it for the sake of giving. You remember Matthew 23rd chapter 1 to 4? They just pressurize people to do things in a religious manner. There is no example that they set. That is what Cain did here. Now let's read what, what happens here. In the fourth verse, the Lord accepted Abel and his gift. Abel and Abel's gift. Lord will accept my weakness, my repentance, only when I have the heart of Abel. Wholehearted, the, the complete submission to God, saying, Lord, I have sinned terribly against you and the heavens. Please forgive me. Yes. I have been doing this. I have been having this character in me. You know it completely, Lord. If the word has come to me today, that means you're speaking to me and reminding me that you want the, the attitude that Abel had and not the attitude that Cain had. Because that is when you will receive me and my repentance. This is how we need to receive. Now, what happens in the next verse? but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. 
So what is Keynes doctrine? Keynes doctrine is I won't do any changes. I won't transform. I will read Bible. I will listen to the sermon. I will pray for six hours in a day. I will, I will do fastings. I'll go to church every Sunday. But I won't give, on, give up on my ego or pride. I won't give up on my self-righteousness. I won't show any kind of transformation in myself. But I want God to bless me. And the blessing should be according to the way I want him to bless. I want to buy a Volvo car next month. So God, I will listen to all your sermons every day, 24 hours, nonstop I will pray. You give me a Volvo car next month. Now, if God doesn't give me a Volvo car, that means God is not good. That is Cain's behavior. So Cain's doctrine does not teach us Abel's way of behaving, but rather it will make us believe that God loves you. God will forgive you. God will do everything for you. It won't tell what I should do for God to do this to me. The other side it doesn't teach. Look at the way Cain behaved here. Can you read the fifth verse, Debbie? Yes. Verse 5. But he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Cain got, became angry on God. But, but rather than thinking why God is angry with me, even I have given offering like the way Abel has given, but God did not accept my offering. What could be the reason? Can God go wrong anywhere in his judgment? We, we just read in Jude 1st chapter 8, 9 and 10 verses that God does not behave like the way devil behaves. So how can God go wrong here? Cain did not think in this way. He got offended. So the teachings that we are having, what are they teaching us? The, are these teachings helping us realize the way we have to have repentance, the way we have to expose our sins in front of God? You remember one favorite verse we continuously have always read from Proverbs, Proverbs 28 chapter 13th verse. Shall we read that once? Proverbs 28, verse 20. 28, 13. 13. Mm -hmm. People who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Was Cain accepting this? Was Cain getting that mercy that God could have given him? Had he accepted that, Lord, yes, I behave foolishly. I, I just did things because I had to do it out of a religious obligation or whatever. Please forgive me, Lord. If he had gone with this heart, he would have received mercy, right? It says people who conceal their sins will not prosper. Cain was concealing his sin. Now let's check on our teachings. The teachings that we are listening, are they teaching you to conceal your sin and say that God still loves you no matter how you are, what you are? 
so there is only love 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 and there's no rebuke that means it is concealing all your sins inside you and only making you believe in a false way to live which will lead us into tribulation whereas what we are learning here is pull your weaknesses out throw the idols out of your heart that's not what god wants from us god wants us to continuously repent what did david do throughout his life he was repenting what did daniel do throughout his life he was repenting his prayers were completely in repentance what did job do job also always repented but they were all counted to be right in the sight of god so when we want to be righteous in the sight of god our behavior should be proverbs 28 13 where we confess and turn away from our sinful nature and we receive god's mercy now let's go back to genesis 4 chapter uh, which was did we stop verse 5 i think ಸ್ಟಾರ್ಟಿಂಗ್ಸ್ಟಿಂಗ್ಸ್ಟಿಂಗ್ಸ್ಟಿಂಗ್ಸ್ಟಿಂಗ್ಸ್ಟಿಂ
we can clearly identify that we are not in Cain's doctrine. Cain's doctrine was he was religiously following things, but he did not do things wholeheartedly. He was giving offerings. When, say, when I say offerings, it is just not tithing and offerings to God. No, that is the last thing. You remember Matthew 23, 23? Can we, can we read that once? Matthew 23rd chapter, 23rd verse. Matthew 23, 23. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but you should not neglect the more important things. Was Cain having justice when he killed his brother? Did he show mercy there? And did, did he have faith on God? Was, or was he questioning God? When we question God with our behavior, that means we don't have faith on God. When we get worried about a situation, that means we don't have faith on God. That is what God is saying. Your teachings, whatever you are learning, they should teach you these basic things. To show justice, mercy, and faith. Yes, you do all those small things. Like you attend sermons. You listen to the word of God. You read your scriptures every day. You say, yes, I believe in God. Good. You're doing all that. Wonderful. But where is your life? Where is your transformation? Are you able to humble yourself? Have you stopped talking unwantedly things for the sake of behaving in a nice way? Are you trying to impress people by, by your you know, sweet talk, whereas your heart is somewhere which is filled with you know, an expectation that people should appreciate me because I'm talking sweetly to them? What's happening? You, the, the most important thing here is we need to analyze every single thought and connected to the action that we are performing. This has been my life this whole year. Trust me, every single action that I have, I keep checking what my intention is behind it. Let's say I, I say, Grandma, you look very beautiful. Am I saying, Grandma, that she looks beautiful to just keep her happy or to get her smile on her face or to flatter her? Or am I wholeheartedly with a good intention appreciating her because she is really looking beautiful? Simple things like this is what I keep validating. Because God needs this kind of clear heart and mind. When I do a specific thing, what is the intention behind it? When I say, Indra, I missed you, I truly missed Indra. So when I said that statement in the background, my validation check was happening, Indra. I was checking, is the statement that I'm making, and I said, I prayed for you last week. Believe me, I did that. Before our prayer last week at 5.30, 5 o'clock when the worship was happening, I was sitting in the other room and praying for a lot of people, and Indra was one person. Today, when I saw her, I said, thank you, Lord, you answered my prayer. Mm -hmm. 
this this is my heart's desire and that means god is there he's listening he's listening and he knew indra needs the word somehow he made an arrangement for her the only reason she was unable to come is because she was searching for her living she needs to go and attend something poor thing though her heart desires to be here i know her heart she had commitment she had to go and work because that was an obligation her heart was here but th- that was a commitment see how god made arrangements so that he could bring her back this is how we all have to believe that he is listening to our hearts he knows the pain in our hearts he will make an arrangement for us let's leave it to him let's start seeing god taking control of our lives let's stop taking control let's stop planning our lives let's leave it to the lord say lord i really want to listen to the word i want to be in you i want to be in the right teaching please take control of my life and leave it there he will make all the required arrangements for those people who truly long for him Cain's doctrine will not teach this. Cain's doctrine will only talk about the superficial things. Go to church every Sunday, do fasting during these days, pray in the night before sleeping, in the morning pray, in the afternoon before eating you pray, read one chapter every day, you're good. You're good. But what has all this given me? Has it given me strength? okay i am reading a scripture did you ever realize the way we read the scriptures these days versus the way we used to read earlier is there not a difference these days when we read genesis 4th chapter the 4th 5th verses just now did we not notice the difference between those two verses the way abel gave versus the way cain gave that is the level of understanding god's spirit will give Cain's doctrine will not let us get into that level of understanding. Thank God for that. Thank God that he's put us into this kind of teaching. Cain was quick in speaking. Cain was jealous. Cain was dishonest. He was depressed. He was completely disturbed. He was doing things for the sake of doing. There was no wholehearted behavior. there was no willing heart the doctrine that we are listening to is it not teaching us all of these things which means we are in the right place we will be in the rapture we should be very happy for this the second one i am putting a check mark i'm saying yes lord i am not in the ways of the false teachers i am not in cain's doctrine i am in the right doctrine which is the doctrine from the lord jesus christ right now let's read the third point balaam's teachings this is another kind of teachings this is a very 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 deceptive teaching that we all have to be extremely careful about because this is the place if we are not careful in like a blink of an eye we can get into this kind of teachings let's read balaam's teachings the third point is balaam's teaching numbers 22nd chapter 1 to 4th verses 
22nd, 1 to 4? Yeah. Then the people of Israel traveled to the plains of Moab and camped east of the Jordan River across from Jericho. Balak, son of Zippor, the Moabite king, had seen everything the Israelites did to the Amorites. And when the people of Moab saw how many Israelites there were, they were terrified. The king of Moab said to the elders of Midian, this mob will devour everything in sight like an ox devours grass in the field. So Balak, son of Moab, should I continue? Sent, Sent messengers to call Balaam, son of Beor, who was living in his native land of Pethor, near the Euphrates River. His message said, Look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt. They cover the face of the earth and are threatening me. That's it. Please. Okay. Fifth was, what was the statement that this King Balak made? He saw, let's read the first first verse. It says, the people of Israel traveled to the plains of Moab and camped east of the Jordan River across Jericho. These people, they were traveling. And since they were coming out of Egypt and traveling towards the, the promised land where Moses was leading them, as part of their travel, they were just moving. That's the truth. But how did Balak understand that? He totally misunderstood because of his assumption. And what was his assumption? Read the fifth verse. His message said, look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt. They cover the face of the earth and are threatening me. Many times, because of our assumptions, because of what we see, sometimes what we see also is false. Because the perception that we have or the way we perceive things is completely going to ruin the actual truth in front of us. The way we understand things is not the truth. It's truth according to our understanding, but the actual truth could be something else. Here, they were traveling, that's it. But what did this guy conclude? He said, they are coming to attack me. They are threatening me. He was afraid. He had that coward attitude and he got scared of these people. Whereas those people did not even think about this king. And this is what our teaching should not teach. The doctrines that we are learning should help us identify where we are assuming, where we are misunderstanding, where we are misjudging people or situations. None of our teachings should keep us in these four things. None of our teachings should teach us to ignore God's strength. What Balak did not realize here is the people of Israel Israel were having the strength of God with them. He was unable to recognize that God was behind them. Our doctrine should be able to help us identify God's power and strength. The teachings that we should have should tell us that believe in that mighty power of God who can make impossible things come to a possible state.
that right this is what balam's teachings are they don't give a clear or right understanding of the truth they keep confusing us balam's teachings are confusing that is first first four points the next point let's read fifth and sixth verses now same chapter fifth and sixth So Balak, king of Moab, sent messengers to call Balaam, son of Beor, who was living in his native land of Pethor near the river. His message said, look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt. They cover the face of the earth and are threatening me. Please come and curse these people for me because they are too powerful for me. Then perhaps I will be able to conquer them and drive them from the land. I know that blessings fall on any people you bless and curses fall on people you curse. What was Balak doing here? He was thinking that Balaam is God. He said, Balaam, you come. If you curse these people, that curse will fall upon them. But if you bless someone, your blessings will fall upon them. Has God given any human being to do this? has god himself cursed anyone no no god doesn't curse anybody it is because of our own doings we fall into curse here balak was depending on man he was not depending on god this is what we all need to identify what are whom are we depending on when we get a problem or a situation are we running towards people and telling them bring me out of the situation bring me out of this situation help me to come out of this problem you you do something but please bail me out when we depend on people we are going to terribly fail we should never get into this kind of understanding right let's read 7 and 8 verses verse 7 balak's messengers who were elders can you still hear me Yes, yes, Debbie. Okay. Balak's messengers, who were elders of Moab and Midian, set out with money to pay Balaam to place a curse upon the land. They went to Balaam and delivered Balak's message to him. Stay here overnight, Balaam said. In the morning, I will tell you whatever the Lord directs me to say. So the officials from Moab stayed there with Balaam. Look at Balaam here. Somebody has come to me for help. let's say one of you will come to me for help and the way i behave would be saying that okay i'll think something and help you but rather than that i should be able to connect you to god word of god take the help of god and say that let's see how god will help us balam behaved as if he is the god that means balam's teachings will be filled with pride and self righteousness they will make themselves gods whereas what we have been learning is depend on god give glory only to god not to man don't take your own credits okay let's say okay debbie was in a problem she comes to me jaya i'm in i'm in a problem and let's say i pray and debbie comes out of the problem 
Now Debbie says, "Jaya, because of you, I was able to come out of the problem, and I feel I'll take the credit and say yes, I prayed and Debbie came out. Both of us are completely in a wrong doctrine. Debbie should recognize it is not because Jaya prayed; it is because I had faith on God. God bailed me out of the situation. Number one. Second thing is." when debi comes and tells jaya because of you i came out of this situation i should tell her debi it's not because of me your faith has given you that healing that's the right doctrine balam's teachings does not the doctrine in this world is this balam's doctrine kane's doctrine we need to validate which doctrine is leading us if we believe in these kind of teachings we will end up on this earth in tribulations and greater tribulations what god is telling us is to validate what kind of teaching are you in every single time i keep repeating this and this is all of us should always have our eyes ears hearts wide open to be carefully listening to the word and seeing if this word is enabling me or it is making me depend on jaya more is it making me depend on deepa or john is it making me depend on a human being or are these people giving me that word where i can catch hold of it and stand and fight against any situation what is the doctrine that i am depending on very very important if a human being is coming with their understanding their knowledge that is what i was thinking just before we started this prayer our, our uh, sermon today i was sitting down there and thinking if i have a sin in me and i come and teach if i come and sit down today and i preach this word it won't make a difference in any of your lives immediate this was what was my thought i said lord first of all before i go and sit in this seat and talk please forgive me what whatever it is i'm sure in the thought i would have gone against you in my heart i would have gone against you in my behavior i would have gone against you i don't want to waste your time lord this one hour or one and a half hour whatever we are all investing this should build our house the foundation that we are laying should be strong so that when you are standing alone no matter a cyclone comes no matter a tornado come or an earthquake come your foundation is strong whatever problem comes you are enabled that is the true doctrine that is the doctrine of christ whereas balam's teachings makes you depend on man for everything we pick a phone and call people to give us help rather than remembering luke 10 19 20 where god has given you the authority to trample over snakes and serpents and over all the power of enemy god has given us the authority god has not given pastors the authority god has not given religious leaders or farsees or scribes god clearly said those who follow me will have this authority so when i have the authority why am i asking my iphone to take the authority no 
my mouth should speak with an authority my heart should speak with an authority and say my god will hear to my prayer this is what we all have to believe hence that doctrine of balams will be filled with pride self righteousness and own understanding next let's read 9 and 11 verse 9 to 11 verses that night god came to balam and asked him who are these men visiting you balam said to god balak son of zippor king of moab has sent me this message look a vast horde of the people has arrived from egypt and they cover the face of the earth come and curse these people for me then perhaps i will be able to stand up to them and drive them out of the land this is actually so funny okay read the ninth verse it says <laughs> that night god came to balam and asked him who are these men visiting you would god not know does god not see all that is happening balam did not even discern this much he did not even realize when god was asking this question the intent behind god's question saying who are these men visiting you is balam what are you doing how foolish you are that you are thinking you are god and you can curse people or you can bless people wake up from your spiritual slumberness that is what god was reminding balam but look at balam he is answering as if god is some man and god doesn't know what is happening he is saying balam said to god in 10th verse balak son of zephor king of moab has sent this message to me and he's explaining god the reason why balak came to him this means the teachings or the doctrine of balam does not teach you the truth and the mystery behind the word of god it's all superficial doctrine superficially they will show you wonderful you know verses philippines 4 4 everybody knows jeremiah 29 11 everybody knows romans 8 28 everybody knows but the truth behind that they can't teach balam's doctrines are like that they they speak the word of god but they do not show the strength in the word of god they do not show the power and the healings power that is hidden in the word of god that is what balam was failing to recognize there and then Numbers twenty two twelve now. But God told Balaam, "Do not go with them. You are not to curse these people, for they have been blessed." God clearly said, "Don't go with them. You cannot curse them. I have blessed." Acts fifth chapter thirty eight thirty nine said, "If perhaps this is coming from God, you might end up fighting against God." Is what. apostle paul says here god himself is telling balam that don't go with that guy because you can't curse you cannot do what that guy is expecting you to do so refrain from that but what did balam do he ignored the instructions balam's doctrine will lead you into ignoring the instructions of god which is a very very dangerous thing to do Let's read fifteen to seventeen as to what Balaam did now. Fifteen to seventeen, 
Then Balak tried again. This time he sent a larger number of even more distinguished officials than those he had sent the first time. They went to Balaam and delivered this message to him. This is what Balak, son of Zippor, says. Please don't let anything stop you from coming to help me. I will pay you very well and do whatever you tell me. Just come and curse these people for me. Why is Balak even coming back again? Because Balaam is giving another opportunity. Balaam was not clearly telling Balak that, listen, God has blessed those people. You better stop thinking about cursing them. Don't fall into trouble. A true prophet of God will give the instruction of God clearly. They will not compromise for anything. But the, these false prophets and the doctrines which are filled with human mind and understanding, they will deceive you. They will make sure that the other person is not hurt. They will make that person sit in the sin. They won't help the person to pull, to be pulled out of that sin. Lot of people I have seen, they don't help people to be dragged out of their sins. They say you are a sinner. But God himself never called us sinners. Did he call us sinners? He, he, he always said, come out of these evil things. Come out of your weaknesses. I am here. I will be with you. I'll give you the strength. This is God. People point out mistakes in everybody, right? But God doesn't do that. That's what we saw. The character of the devil versus the character of the angel in Jude 1st chapter 8th and 9th and 10th verses. Here, Balak and Balaam, both of them were ignoring God and his power. This is the kind of doctrine that Balaam has. Now, how does God teach Balaam a lesson? Fourth point, lesson to Balaam. Numbers 22, 21st verse. Numbers 22, 21. So the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey, and started off with the Moabite officials. Continue, Debbie. But God was angry that Balaam was going, so he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way, as Balaam and his two servants were riding along. Balaam's donkey. Balaam ignored God's instruction because he was not in the right doctrine and he fell into showing disobedience to God. So to teach him a lesson, what did God do? God sent an angel to block the road that Balaam had took. Even there, God was giving Balaam to realize his mistake. Every single time when we are going against God, when God has instructed us something, and we tend to go back and ask the prophet again and again, can we do this? Can we go there? God would have clearly instructed, don't go here. It's not good for you. Don't talk to these people. It's not right. Don't behave like this. This is not good. But what do we do? We go back and we say, can we go here? It's okay. Once again, can, can you please think and tell? Because my heart's desire is here, you know what? why Balaam was ignoring God's instruction? Because Balak told him that he will honor Balaam. He said, I will give you gold and silver. He will give nice place in his palace. 
there, there was a, a greed that was there in this guy's heart because of which he was repeatedly asking God, God, this guy is coming again. What should I tell? This guy is coming again. What should I tell? He was repeatedly going and asking God. You know, when we do this, even God will give an answer depending upon what we desire in our heart, which will make us go and fall into trouble. If God has instructed once, do not go there. That's it. Don't ever think about going there, meeting someone or buying something. No, refrain from doing that. If God has said, yes, pick this. This is good for you. Don't go and ask again because you don't want to pick it. Right? Either ways, all, all that, uh, you know, we all have to learn from. You can read Numbers 22, 23, 24 verses later because this entire chapters depict the way we should not behave like the way Balaam behaved. And what happened to Balaam, you know, the lesson that God taught was in the end, he died in the hands of Balak. That is what will happen when we reject God's counsel, when we ignore God's instruction, when we want to pay a deaf ear to what God has instructed. That means we will fall into tribulations and greater tribulations. The doctrine that we are following is teaching us today. We are all listening to that doctrine that Lord is giving, saying, listen, don't behave like the way Balaam behaved. Don't behave like the way Cain behaved. Don't behave like the way the devil behaved without proper understanding. That is what we all have to learn. Please read Numbers 22, 23, 24 verses, chapters later, because these are very, very important for us to understand how God goes about executing what he decides. When God has promised something, he will never refrain from that. He will accomplish that. So let's make sure we are in that good covenant of God and not getting into the mode of punishment and falling into trouble. Finally, Revelation 2nd chapter 20 and 21 verses. Revelation 2, 20 and 21. But I have this complaint against you. You are permitting that woman, that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, to lead my servants astray. She teaches them to commit sexual sin and to eat food offered to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to turn away from her immorality. This is what the teachings should not do to their, to their people. When, when someone is bringing a word of God, they should make sure that they're helping people to come out of smallest sin as well. See, God has always told us one thing. Sin is a sin. No matter it is big or small, sin is a sin. All he is teaching us is come out of it. He is saying this is the grace period. This is the time you, you can come out of all of these so that you can come and live with me in my kingdom. He wants to wipe our tears. 
he does not want us to be filled with burdens no that's what we said in, in the beginning matthew 23 chapter 1 to 4 what point is of, of of those teachings which are not even able to lift the smallest burden of our life forget about the big burdens the true doctrine is that which will show you a way to come out of your situation that doctrine will give you the strength to stand up and face that situation that doctrine will give you a hope it will induce endurance into you patience into you and such is the doctrine which will protect you from falling into tribulations and greater tribulations such is the quality of the doctrine which will fill you with light and you will become a light to many people you don't need to go and tell people about jesus christ you don't need to tell people about bible you don't need to tell people about word of god you don't need to talk to them about your you're a christian and you follow jesus christ no but when people see you the light inside you will shine so bright that they will get a hope looking at your life that's gospel that means you are proclaiming christ over there without even talking about bible just by an example of the way you live your family will be blessed your family will get encouraged because of you because of the way you present yourself to them because of the transformation in you your transformation will be so evident that is matthew 5th chapter 16th verse shall we read that once this is a prophetic promise that god has given to all of us matthew 5th chapter 16th verse matthew 5:16 in the same way let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father if you are the person because of which everybody is praising god you know what you're doing you are saving them through your life you are displaying the right doctrine of christ to everybody looking at you in a way you are saving them from falling into tribulations and greater tribulations is this not so easy just one of us in our family if we are able to capture this we are saving our families that is what god is doing god is god never has told about these religious activities that we do are prominent we read that now no he wants us to practice the word so that people can see our deeds and praise the heavenly father this is the way we all this is a covenant that god has made with all of us if you desire that your family should be saved let that light shine in you let them see you as a transformed person they should say there is so much of a difference in this person i think what she believes is right she is actually displaying some good deeds in her life earlier she was not like this earlier he was not like this there is something that is that is happening let me go and peep into her life they will come and ask you hey i see a lot of difference in you what's happening that's when you will say you know what this is what has been happening 
this word has shown me how rudely i behaved with you in the past how bad my words were how wrong intentions i had forgive me i even hurted you that servantship in us will attract the other person will say oh jaya never had this attitude before this is how even i want to be hey can i join your meetings that's how you will introduce god to people truly by the way we live and that's the right doctrine to have now let's check now we are in the end now let's check and see if the doctrine that we are learning is it making us to get compromised to the sinful acts in our life or is it constantly rebuking and disciplining us about the sinful things that we have in our lives if it is if the word of god that we are getting is rebuking us it is disciplining us it is warning us it is bringing punishment into our life we are in the right track nobody needs to teach us the spirit of the lord will teach us no human is involved when the word of god is coming with power and strength that power and strength is released through the spirit of the lord that's what when grandma prayed prayed in the beginning what did she say she said holy spirit god teach us through jaya that is right she is not looking at jaya she is looking at the holy spirit god we all when we sit in our heart saying holy spirit god please teach us something good today you know what he will do he will make jaya talk he will hold the tongue of jaya and he will speak to you directly he won't let jaya speak with her understanding that is what god will do in romans uh, sorry in numbers 22nd chapter when balam goes about doing things against god he will make the donkey speak read those chapters don't forget since we are time constrained i'm cutting it down but read those chapters when balam is traveling going against god god will make the donkey speak to balam and remind him that he is going against god this is what this is how god will take control of things when we completely focus on him he will pull us towards him he won't allow the enemy to touch us remember this this is very important and this is the truth we are all facing terrible times trust me i know each one of you have your own situations at home in your personal life don't you think god is watching all that don't you think god wants to redeem you don't you think god wants to bail you out there are so many people in your life who needs help you are watching that god wants to bring them out through you he is preparing you all without your knowledge you never know whom you are touching you are you are being observed people are watching each one of you they are looking at the way you speak they are looking at the way you are presenting yourself it can be your workplace it can be your families it can be your friends it can be your shopping mall anywhere if god has decided to touch one person he will touch that person only through the words that come out of your mouth 
the behavior that you have, the conduct, your thought process, and your intentions. Hence, today what we all have confirmed is we are in the right doctrine. We all have to say thank you, Lord, that we will be in rapture. We will go to him. Let's read final verse, Revelation 21.4. This is what will happen to all of us who are in the right doctrine and, are, and who are not in these Balaam's or Cain's doctrines. Mm. Let's read Revelation 21.4. Yes, verse 4. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Amen. This mm. is what will happen to us. Shall we believe that we are in the right doctrine? Believe and depend on him today? And thank God. Thank God for he has at least considered each one of us. I, I keep telling that, Lord, I'm not even worthy of what you're giving me today. No, I am not. I was a terrible person. I don't even qualify to even call his name with this mouth. But you, you considered, you gave me one opportunity. Thank you, Lord. Your heart is so big that you were able to forgive a sinner like me. Then how much more is your heart for those people who are very good, much, much better than me? And you all are that. You all are wonderful people. Don't lose heart for small things in your lives. No, he will help us. He will bail us out of situations. Let's keep God as our priority. Let's keep the word of God as our priority. When we depend on God, when we go towards God, one step towards him, he will come 10 steps towards us. There is a scriptural reference for this in James 4th chapter. You can read that later. One step you take towards God, he will run 10 steps towards you. That is the love of God. He's not a God who wants to punish us. He wants us to repent. The only reason he asks us to repent is so that we can tell him that the devil that is troubling me, here it is. I'm handing it over to you. That is what we do in repentance. When we say, Lord, I, I have been having bitterness in me. You know what I'm doing when I confess my bitterness to God? I'm saying, here you go. The spirit of bitterness, I give it to you, Lord. Destroy this. That is why God wants us to repent. That's the meaning of having repentance in our lives. He wants us to hand over this guy to him. He doesn't want to snatch because he respects our privacy. <laughs> right? This is what God's heart is. God wants us to take decisions. God wants us to say that, yes, I believe you, Lord. When I give control of my life to you, I will be happy, joyful, and there is peace and happiness.